With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash usbp. Welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitch. Today we are recapping a fantastic weekend for two different programs here at Kansas Athletic. Uh, look, we had a fantastic women's basketball week that I am going to be talking about here. Um, and then a fantastic uh, blowout win for the Kansas Jayhawks and the Larry Tigers over the weekend as well. To help me recap all of this and get into I have joined me as he usually does around this time of the week. Kyle Davis, our deputy editor over at Blue Wings Rising. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm uh, I'm pumped up. I'm, I'm pumped to be able to talk about uh, obviously a, a heck of a, a win on Saturday for the men, but also let's let's get the uh, women's team some some love. They deserve it. Yeah, seriously. I mean, like this was a. You know, I, I've been following the women's mainly because I had made a conscious effort. So I was like, hey, this year we're going to cover the women's team and try to do it as much as we do the men's team. Um, and as with most things, it seems, this this calendar year, I'm picking the right time to just jump in on everything. Because, you know, we started we started the site, started talking about the men's basketball team. They win a national title. Jump in with all the preview for the football team, and uh, you know they're they're going to a bowl game, and now the women's basketball team is ranked and undefeated, and off to their best start in a really really long time. So, um, I, if this continues, I'm just going to start talking about every single program they have at Kansas because I would love to have you know talk about a phenomenal start for for Travis Goff's tenure here as the athletic director. Um, every single program seems to be on the upswing. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, have you heard about let's let's get some like indoor track love or let's let's get some tennis updates, golf? Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just sweep sweep the sweep the calendar here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I, I had a volleyball player on, and then she went and had 
a phenomenal game in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, they weren't able to they weren't able to keep that going. So we are we are just going to do whatever we can to cover as many of these teams as possible and kind of figure out uh, how much we can can boost them. So apparently, there is the Rock Chalk podcast with the Blue Wings Rising boost. Um, so we we'll just have to keep that going. So, but no, let's 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 go ahead and talk about these games. Um, obviously, I think the bigger story is the Kansas women. Um, you know, they are undefeated. They're the only Big 12 team that is still undefeated. Uh, they joined the polls at number 22 in the AP poll and number 24 in the coaches poll this week. I honestly thought they should have been higher. Like you, you look at some of the teams that are above them and it's pretty clear that the, uh, the, the, the rankings, the polls for the women's basketball is very much still, um, you know, kind of old guard. You know, you have to actually show that you deserve to be there for multiple weeks in a row before they're willing to put you in because this is a Kansas team. I think that has been absolutely phenomenal for them to be in the in the mid, you know, like low twenties, essentially, to not even hit the top twenty. I thought was a a big miss on the voters' parts. Um, you look at like you. I, I was catching up on you know the the ESPN's bracketology for the women's side, and as as it was put over there, Kansas has the single most impressive win of the entire season, going on the road to beat Arizona by twenty seven points. So let's go ahead and start there. I know you caught at least a portion of that game. What was it that jumped out to you the most in that game? Uh, I, well, it, it, speaking of good timing, I think uh, hopefully people got a chance to check out. I had a I had a piece on uh, Tayana Jackson right, right before this game. Actually, it ran right. on Thursday morning, and then she went out and just put up a, a nineteen and fifteen uh, against the number twelve team in the country. So. That she stood out, obviously, but I think the, and this is something that's been the case for um, for this team the whole year. There's just there's a lot of balance. I mean, it's not just her. She was obviously great, but like you've seen, and I know you know we'll get to kind of like the um, you know Wichita State game after that, but you know you you have you have Jackson uh, playing lights out against Arizona, obviously. Uh, Kurt Skyder has been been great in in one of the kind of leading scores the whole time. But then you have uh, Zakaya Franklin leading the the team in scoring against Wichita State. And, you know, she was also in double figures against Arizona, but not not probably the the star uh, like maybe Jackson was. So like that, I think it's not just one person. It seems like this is a very balanced team. They are doing it with. Uh, obviously efficiency on offense, but also some really, really good defense. I think, uh, I think it was the Big 12 conference that tweeted out that Kansas and Oklahoma State are the only, or two of the only four women's programs to hold every single opponent to less than 12 assists in a game or something like that. I need to go yeah. back and find it, but like, you'll see like Arizona only had, yeah, Arizona only had eight assists to 11 turnovers in this game. Uh, it also committed 19 fouls. I mean, this was a, true road game against a previously undefeated team with a good crowd there. And I mean, there was just no question who the better side was. And this was without Kansas shooting well from beyond the arc. I mean, they were only three for 12 from three. They got to the line a lot. They, unlike the men's side are a very good free throw shooting team, uh, which is, which is nice to see. They were crashing the boards. I mean, honestly, what what's not to like that? That's the, I think that's the kind of the, the key here too. The couple of big things is that just they, they're not going to do it just one way. There is not a recipe for if this happens, then they will win. I think they've proven and proven pretty resoundly that that there's a lot of different ways that they're going to hurt opponents and make them 
Make Coach is probably uh, a little sleepless in some of the, the days leading up to a matchup against the Jayhawks. Yeah, I mean, you look at that particular game, like the game against Arizona, it was Tyana Jackson in the middle. And, and honestly, I think the defense is what stood out to me the most for this team. Like they were talking about how, you know, defense was a, was a priority over the, over the offseason, that there were definitely players working on their shots and, you know, trying to get the offense better. And that Jackson in the middle was like kind of the big, the big jump that they were expecting to see offensively. But this defense has been playing a lot better than they were last year. And they weren't bad last year. They just, phenomenal this year it's shutting down a lot of teams that have really good scores coming into this game like Arizona had I think the, the second or third best offense in the entire nation um, like they were they were scoring at an, a ridiculous clip and Kansas wasn't that far behind so like my expectation coming into the game and I put it in my in my prediction and preview you know I expected this to be like an 82 77 game or something like that and, and Arizona to prevail at home because you know I mean it was the first true road game I'm sorry not the first true one um, because they did play up in in Moraga against St. Mary's, but it was a true road game against a highly respected opponent. You know, conference or I'm sorry, a ranked opponent on the road. Like this was this was had all of the recipe for a come back to earth, figure out where we are, you know, and then set realistic expectations for the rest of the year. And instead, what we got was Kansas just beating the pants off of Arizona. Um, you know, this is. I, I actually wrote in my in my write up for the Wichita State game, and and we, and we can definitely jump into there because I think your your point about you know it not being an individual player and it being a ton of different players is is super valid, and and it makes the more sense to talk about both of them together. But in that recap, this is the first time since 1980 that Kansas has a winning streak of seven games where every single game had a margin of victory of 20 points or more. Um, that is just a ridiculous stat, and it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> how dominant this team has been. Um, and it has not been offensively. Like, the offense has been good. The offense obviously has to be good in order to be able to score enough points to have that kind of margin. But a lot of the offensive points have been set up by huge defensive plays, have been set up by, you know, big blocks from, from Tyana Jackson or steals up at the mid, you know, up at the top that leads to easy layups. Um, and, and really, I think what we've seen is that Zakiya Franklin and Holly Kurzgeter have had very active hands out on the perimeter, um, but one player that really has stepped up, um, and, and I and I noted her in the Arizona recap, would be Chandler Prater. Um, she was great last year in the role that she had. The question was how much of a bigger role was she going to have to take this season, and what was she going to be able to do with it? And I think she has proven to be that reliable combo inside-outside player that can play in the post, You know, because women's basketball doesn't have a ton of really tall players. She, she's tall enough to be able to play down in the post, but she's also quick enough to be able to play out on the perimeter, and that's helped her a lot to have a huge impact on a lot of these games. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that I, I that's sticking with me, especially. I think you know you mentioned the margin of, of victory, and it's one of those things where it, when you find yourself before Christmas, when the basketball schedule, either men or women, there's a lot of well, actually, we're going to get to this when we talk about Missouri. There's a lot of inflated records here. Of nine and zero, ten and zero, ten and one, you know, eleven and two, whatever it is, because they haven't played anybody. Uh, obviously, you have the signature win, but it's not like you know Wichita State uh, is only lost twice, and that was the twenty point win. St. Mary's, yes, is is you know about uh, just around five hundred right now, but it was a true road game earlier in the year. They play Texas A and M. Texas A and M is also you know like not great this year, but 
it is a power five team that they still won by more than 30 points. So this is one of those things too, where this is not a, you know, if you want to go like analogy on the men's side, this is not a first 10 games where every team has been, you know, 300th or worse than Ken Palm, like you're playing, you know, North Carolina, Central Tech State. This is this is a pretty good roster for a non-conference roster that you're looking at it. <clears throat> and again, it's not even the fact that they're undefeated, which you would absolutely take 9-0 to start the year. It's the way that it's happening. And yes, Arizona was like the kind of coming out party for everyone else to pay attention. But even if you're talking about an average Texas A&M team or a decent Wichita State team or, you know, average St. Mary's, like those are still teams that, Maybe Kansas in the past beats, but it's by six or they scrape out, especially when a couple of them are true road games. And so I think that's one of those things too. Like this is not a, this is not a product of the schedule. And I think similarly to when we're talking about, there's a lot of different ways that this team can win. Like I think this is also, it, it can be very misleading and you kind of have to catch yourself and look. And before you get to kind of January 1st and conference play starts and be like, okay, what, how, how influenced is the, is the, um, is the record based on the schedule. And I don't think this is one of those things where it's, it's inflated because they haven't played anybody like this. They, they've challenged themselves in, in the schedule in this non-con and they have delivered with obviously flying colors. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at who they've played, like they played St. Mary's out in Moraga against, you know, a, a solid St. Mary's team. Like, yeah, not a, not a ranked team or not a team that you would expect to have a huge, you know, deep run in the tournament, but a respectable team. Um, and, and like you said, this is not like I think it was three or four years ago where they started out 11 and 0 against a non-conference schedule where the only, you know, and, and, and then they, they played LSU, I believe it was, who gave them their first loss and then everything fell apart at that point. And I think there was like COVID related, like there was a bunch of other stuff that kind of went into that, um, you know, with, with player injuries or things like that. But like this is not a, an instance where they got, like you said, a very fortunate schedule that allowed them to do a ton of stuff above what we actually think their true talent level is. Like this, these are, I don't care who you're playing to be able to consistently get 20 point wins. Like that tells me that you have a really good team, that you have a team that is able to, uh, to really do what they need to do uh, to, to be able to continue to keep pushing and to continue to get these wins. They honestly, like with the exception of maybe Iowa state, like, Iowa State, I think, is the only other team in the Big 12 right now that has been playing at top form, playing at a level that you think Kansas is going to struggle with them at times. And that's just because I think of, you know, Iowa State. Um, did I say Iowa or Iowa State? I, I, regardless. Iowa State, um, you know. You had it. You had it. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Good, 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 good. Uh, they they completely demolished Kansas last year twice. Um, so, like, there was definitely worries about how they match up. Now it, it helps that they don't have Ashley Jones, uh, you know, with with the injury that she had. Um, you know, it is it is going to be, I think, um, fantastic matchups to watch. I'm really going to enjoy watching those, and I'm glad that you know college or that, that women's basketball is getting a lot more visibility at this point. But you know, this is this is one of those things where this is a this isn't just like a it's a good story, someone you want to follow because you know you want to show your support. Like this is a legit a legitimately good team that has players all over the place. The expectation was that like Yvette Mayberry was going to come in and she was, you know, going to have a, a huge role on this team, kind of fill that need that they had. You were expecting, you know, people, other people to kind of step up that came in. 
Um, Santa Strom was was expected to be, you know, stepping into the starting role and and kind of taking over that based off of what the, the coaching staff was saying. Um, she hasn't really had the opportunity to do that, not necessarily because, you know, she's done anything wrong, but just that there have been so many other players that have been pushing for that much playing time and pushing, uh, you know, for ways to, to, to make sure that they stay on the court. So, um, you know, this is just a team that is extremely deep, that has a lot of different options and can beat you in a lot of different ways. Like we, we have... We have not been talking about this women's team in the same light as a very deep Bill Self team, but that is what they kind of remind me of this year. They are a team that has a lot of different possibilities. They can do a lot of different things. They can play a lot of different styles. But the one thing that they have across all those games is that suffocating defense they've had. Um, It has been an absolutely ridiculous defense to watch. It's been really enjoyable. And every single one of their big runs has come as a result of a, you know, a, a defense that has just completely overwhelmed them. So, um, yeah, I yeah. Mean, I mean, Snyder's got them. Snyder's got them. Brandon Snyder's got them completely bought in. You can tell, <clears throat> and he's got this program running well. I mean, you can even see that. I think the during the second half of the Arizona game, the uh, the announcers even made a comment about how the Kansas bench was going wild just on every single play. It just looked like they were having the the time of their lives there. Like it looks like it's a it's a combination of both. They are very much locked into exactly what he is trying to preach with the game plan, but also they're having a heck of a lot of fun out there too. And that's a very hard, you know, balance to, to keep it. And so a lot of credit to him and the staff because yeah, this, this team just looks like it was really well constructed, constructed. They're playing in a way that fits a lot of the, the strengths of this team. And then, yeah, they look like they're having a really, fun time out there and they really enjoy playing together like it just looks like culturally it all fits really well which is something that you know I think considering what Snyder walked into with this program when he started is you know the the turnaround there is just pretty incredible yeah it's been it's been absolutely ridiculous just how well they've gotten it turned around and you have to remember like this is a team that coming into the COVID year like that COVID year may have actually kept Brandon Schneider from getting fired that year um, because, you know, you had the built-in excuse of, hey, it's the COVID year. And, of course, they actually had legitimate reasons for not being great in that year with, you know, a ton of players that ended up opting out and, like, a whole bunch of stuff going on um, within the program. But, like, they hadn't done anything up to that point. And, and to be able to get this group together and get them to buy in the way that they have, yes, you have a lot of, a lot of praise for what uh, Coach Brandon has done, but – these players, Holly Kurzgeter, you know, has been a, a voice on this team, a leader on this team for quite a long time. Zakaya Franklin, obviously, you know, um, has has kind of been there as well, but not taken necessarily as much of a leading role. And then Tiana Jackson, when she came in, like those were the three that were at Big 12 Media Days. They are the clear leaders of these team. Uh, and, and I mean, they really set the tone. You know, I, I think the most telling thing, and, and we talked about it on here before, or at least I have with, with, with some of the other people that, that have come on, is, you know, this is a team that went to the coach and said, hey, coach, we want to be a lot better this year. We want to have an opportunity to host an NCAA tournament round um, or two. In order to do that, we need a much better non-conference schedule. So can you please bump up the difficulty? And and they did that. Like, they brought in a Texas A&M team, which you thought they could be, you know, they were either going to be really or fairly good or fairly bad going into a new coach and kind of dealing with some of the stuff. I, I, I think it's a combination of both at this point. Like, Kansas definitely beat them a lot more than I expected them to. Um, but I do think that at least part of that is just that A&M is struggling quite a bit. But t- 
to follow that up then, like, so, so that, that A&M win was the one that made you say, hey, maybe they actually have something here that could be long-term. You know, they have a dominating win like that to completely shut down an A&M offense that's supposed to be pretty good. Um, and then you go follow that up with the Arizona game, and now there's no doubt. Like, this is, this is one of the elite defenses. Um, this is, this is, like, it's been so good that you have to really try to find something. Um, you know, that is that is really bad about this team. And literally the only thing that I've been able to come up with is that this is not a very good three-point shooting team, at least result-wise, right now. Um, Mia Vukic is the the leading... I'm sorry, Zakaya Franklin is actually the leading shooter. She's making 43.8%, but outside of her, like, Vukic is, is making a third of her shots, but she's not taking nearly the volume that you would expect from a, you know, a three-point sharpshooter. Um, she also doesn't get an opportunity to get on the court nearly as much as you probably would if that was like her her big role because Kurz Geeter is supposed to be a really good three point shooter and she has been in the past. Mayberry transferring in from Tulsa, you know, was supposed to be or I mean, again, she is a good three point shooter, but they've been ice cold beginning of the year. Kurz Geeter's at twenty nine point one percent. Mayberry's at twenty five percent. Like. That's the one thing that you can point to that says, hey, that's got to get better if they're going to continue this, is that they've got to start seeing those those three-pointers go in the basket. But, you know, they're doing so much everywhere else that it's hard to to really dwell on that unless you really are just having to find something that you can nitpick. Yeah, and, it's, and that's one of those things where you you, you expect that that average, to, that to balance out over time. Like, the, some of the more of those are going to fall, and they're not going to be at, you know... It, the the twenty five percent games I think are going to get a little fewer and far between. I don't think this is going to be a forty percent shooting team on the year from three. That's just not their identity, and that's okay because they do so many other things well. But I also think there's a little bit of just like the early season, like some of these these things are just like what's you know what's real and what's going to get balanced out, and that's one that seems like it's going to balance out a bit over over the course between now and Mark. Yeah, the other thing to keep in mind is that, like, last year and then, like, what we've seen from, like, Bill Self teams, right, that went and shot a bunch of threes, um, is that if you shoot those kind of volume of threes, eventually you're going to work through the issues and get back to close to what you normally can do. But with the exception of Kurskeeter, like, Mayberry has not been shooting a ton of threes because they've had so many other things that they can do successfully that they haven't needed her to. Um, you know, I get the feeling that we're probably going to see similar sorts of things from different players, um, as we go throughout the year where they're going to start to get more volume, teams are going to adjust to what Kate is doing. And and ultimately, we're going to get to a point where they're going to have to start taking more of those threes. And as they take more of them, the the averages will probably come up. But look, if if Jackson is still dominating on the inside, like I'm looking over at, um, you know, uh, we, we actually just started using this CBB analytics site. Um, they are a fantastic very, very similar in terms of the the depth of an advanced analytics that you can get into over there. And this is not like a paid advertiser or anything. I just I really love the work that they're doing there, and it really kind of helps to take a look and see just how dominant um, Tiana Jackson has been. You know, she's in the the ninety six percentile for points per game, ninety uh, ninth percentile for field goal percentage. Like she is absolutely just killing it. Um, against everybody, so like this is a this is a, a a team that has a dominant force on the inside. Like Tyana Jackson on the inside is it's as dominant as we've seen from some on the men's side. Like I, obviously, I don't want to put her like in the same you know stratosphere of like Joel Embiid or something like that. But the the development that we've seen from her 
is like that jump up that we saw from like Landon Lucas in his, you know, junior season where he went from you can see the pieces to all of a sudden, hey, it's all come together. Like this is this is the person that we can really ride to have a big, long and a very successful run this year. So I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, I'm excited to see how many different options they have. We haven't even actually talked about the Tulsa game coming up. I'm going to try to get a preview together pretty quickly for that. Um, I will definitely be talking about it on the episode that will be coming out um, on Friday morning. You'll want to make sure you catch that when it comes out because, um, you know, guess what? They play Friday evening. So, uh, but but Tulsa is coming to town. That is, uh, you know, where Mayberry transferred from. So, uh, you know, it will be it will be very interesting to kind of see her playing against her old team and seeing how Kansas is able to perform there. But, um, you know, if you have the opportunity to get over there, make sure you do. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. The environment has been absolutely phenomenal from what I've been able to see on TV. And of course, we will we will be following the game. We will be tweeting the about the game. We will be doing all kinds of stuff. I might be doing another watch party. We'll just kind of have to see over on the Blue Wings Rising uh, Discord server. So just just make sure you guys are paying attention because it is it is entertaining basketball to watch. If you love watching basketball, doesn't matter that it's women. It is just as entertaining to watch these women play as it is many of the men's teams that I've seen over the past few years. All right. So I do want to jump over to the men because obviously we have a huge game to talk about. But before we do that, I need to go ahead and throw it to a quick break. We will be right back on the Rock Chalk podcast. And we're back. I'm here with Kyle Davis. We are recapping all of the great action over the last week. Um, you know, Kansas, both the men and women are in the poll now. Uh, the Jayhawks, the men's side, they, they for some reason, they got a huge blowout of Missouri, dropped two spots in the polls, uh, or at least the AP poll, which um, we can talk about that if you really want, but I'm, I'm kind of of the mind right now, at least, that it's like, well, it's super early, and, you know, look, look, Kansas beat Missouri, and it's it's pretty clear that Missouri is not as good of a team as their record indicated. But, um, like, what were your thoughts? Like, is this a team that you think, or I, I should say, what is your big takeaway from that Missouri game? Like, is it a game that you look at that and it was truly impressive? Or was it a game against a Missouri team that probably is not as good as people thought that they were? And it was just kind of like, eh, you're, you're supposed to go, you know, beat the pants off of Missouri. I mean, I think it's, 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 there's probably a little bit of both there. I think it's a, for the first true road game of the year, when you know it's there's so much at stake and everyone's talking about it, like the any any sort of big win is a is worth noting. I mean, I think I I think it was floated out there that this was the second largest maybe ro- true road win in the rivalry of, in Columbia, like that Kansas has had. So, uh, and I think the other one was in like 1957. Like, uh, so I mean, you know, you take this when you can get it. I think my big takeaway is. Um, Dennis Gates, how can you, 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 first of all, like you could say, okay, Kansas shot it really, really well. A lot of that was defense. Some of those, you know, early shots don't go in. Maybe it's different a little bit, but like Dennis Gates, you deserve to lose by that much by not only the game plan being awful on defense, but then we're just refusing to make any sort of adjustments. Like you cannot go up against the Bill Self team in Kansas and just like, be stubborn in your ways. And I don't, I, it never made sense to me how I, I get, I get that you are a pressure the ball, front the bigs. Like, you know, if, if you're playing against a team and they were playing against a lot of mid major opponents who, you know, do not have a, maybe a, a veteran steady hand in the, in terms of ball handlers, handlers and point guards, 
yes, you can get a lot of steals and stuff that way. But when you're going against Dwan Harris and this team and the way that they play, it's just it it continued to baffle me how. Uh, yeah, again, like, I don't know if it was stubbornness. I don't know if they just didn't have an answer. I mean, obviously, Kansas shot it really well. But also, you would expect them to because they were getting wide-open looks and layups. Like, this was a – I think they mentioned, like, a, this was a, like, analytics junkie's dream. It was all threes and, and layups or dunks. Like, there was no – you know, I think <clears throat> Bobby Pettiford had a had kind of a floater in there maybe at one point from, like, 8 to 10 feet. Um but yeah, like what, there was very, very little resistance. Uh, you know, I tweeted out during the game from the account when they were showing the uh, the Missouri fans, like, can any of them play defense? Because I I don't know what you're supposed to do there. And I get that, obviously, Kansas played really well and gets the credit. But man, Dennis Gates, you got to make some adjustments there. I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, well, it's it's a couple different things. I, I you know, I talked with Carrington Harrison to preview this game beforehand and. The, the thing that I came away with talking with him and kind of looking over, you know, Ken Palm and everything um, was that this Missouri and this Kansas team actually aren't that much different in terms of you look at like the style that they have, like the, that their best personnel is, is equipped to play. Like you look at a lot of that sort of stuff. Right. And it's like, oh, well, you know, they're not really that much different. It's about who can execute. And obviously, Kansas, I think, has better talent doing those sorts of things. So if you've got two teams that are doing stuff that's fairly similar, um, but one team is much more talented, has much more on the bench that they, you know, can use uh, weapon-wise, like that makes it really hard for a team like Missouri. And what they have been, they do not have any kind of inside presence at all. They're very similar to Kansas like that, where they don't have a lot of inside presence. They use two, you know, fairly tall, but not like your normal traditional size big men to to do what they can so they play a very aggressive style of defense it is it is high risk high reward they have to go and attack people and that's just kind of the way that that team is set up it it obviously backfired entirely against the Jayhawks because Kansas came in at one point I think it was like it's like nine minutes left in the first half or something like that and Kansas was shooting 83 percent at that point, like it was, it was absolutely ridiculous. Grady Dick, I think, made his first seven shots or something like. Like it was just, it was insane how well Kansas was shooting uh, out in Missouri. And and you know, you heard the guys talking about it afterwards about how they were, you know, hyped up on the energy from the crowd. Dewan Harris, it being his homecoming, and of course having a decent contingent of Kansas fans in the building as well, really helped out a lot. So Kansas was able to go and take care of business. And I mean, I think really what we saw was it is a a Missouri team that's very limited in the styles that they can play because of personnel. It is the first year of a rebuild. Um, they're already playing a lot better than they did under Quanzo Martin. So it's not like you can really say, oh my gosh, they're like, you know, completely the wrong direction. Like, this is not what they need to be doing. And it's like, no, they, they have a really big rebuild that they have to do. And it was a good first step. Obviously, Kansas is much, much further along than them. Um, any individual players, though, that stood out to you? We obviously talked about, you know, Dewan Harris and the way that he kind of did things. And, and then Grady Dick, you know, he was shooting lights out. But um, KJ Adams is the guy that kind of jumps to mind, but I will let you go ahead and talk first about him. What was it that was most impressive to you about the way that Adams played? So I think I, in, in if, you know, like CJ Moore and a couple others did some really great work on, on kind of afterward, how, how Bill self kind of pulled him aside of in before the game and said like, this is, this is like a dream matchup for you. Be ready, you know, kind of thing. So I think, I think there's a couple things. I think it was, um, 
don't expect KJ to start dropping 19 a game, like because there's there's still going to be matchups that don't work well. But I think the credit to him is that um, he he got that 19 points solely playing within himself and the offense. And there's going to be opportunities where it's going to really benefit him. Like these matchups are going to really benefit him as well and his athleticism and just how he can play around the rim. And so you, the other thing is that you don't need KJ Adams to score 19 a night on this team. You need him to score eight to 10 points and grab seven or eight rebounds and just do all the hustle and glue and defense and whatnot. And you're going to be in great shape. And then on the days that he does, when it's a good matchup and he takes advantage, then that's even better. That's, that's like the, that's a cherry on top. So I, I think I was, it wasn't even necessarily the 19 points. It was the, the way that he just played within the flow of the offense. And obviously Duan found him for some amazing passes and, Again, they just continued to front, and there was no one behind to help. And KJ just did basically whatever he wanted. And again, it's one of those things. It's like he did because there's going to be those times when he's going to have to step up. Don't expect 19 a game, and that's okay. We don't need 19 a game. But it's good to see he has this in him when we need it. Yeah, I think what we've seen, at least early in this year, was that, you know, the players were actually a little bit too hyped, I think, in a lot of cases. And, and you know, early in the season, we saw those wide-open looks and somebody, like, double clutches and, and misses a, an easy layup or an easy dunk or something um, and messes it up. KJ Adams didn't do that. Like, he was able to settle down in a very raucous environment, really focus and finish plays that he was gifted in a lot of cases because Missouri just inexplicably rotated off of him. Um, so like it is, it is definitely one of those like you don't expect this. If he had 15 points in the first half, him and him and Grady Dick were just absolutely on fire in the first half. Um, what I find more interesting, honestly, like because KJ Adams had a, a phenomenal matchup. It was it was the kind of game and the style of play that was set up perfectly for him to have a big game. But the thing that really kind of surprised me was just how quiet of a good game both Jalen Wilson and Kevin McCuller had. Like. I would not have thought coming into the game that, uh, or I'm sorry, immediately after the game, with the story being, you know, Grady Dick's hot shooting in the first half and then KJ Adams just dominating in the paint, um, you know, he was 9 of 11 uh, field goals. Like, I would not have thought that Jalen Wilson was actually the leading scorer in this game, like, if I hadn't actually watched it with my own eyes, because he has started to do the sorts of things that we ended up seeing Ochai do towards the end of last year, right? Where he wasn't. He wasn't necessarily always being the guy that doing a bunch of scoring or doing a bunch of flashy stuff, but you saw flashes of when he just took over a game and did what he needed to do, and then you saw all the times where he kind of just sat back and let it happen, let everybody else jump up and do what what it was that they were able to do. Him and Kevin McCuller were all over the place, um, but you know Jalen Wilson, the only player it looks like actually that got a double double on the game. Uh, he was the only one that got to ten rebounds. Uh, KJ Adams had only had six. Grady Dick had seven. So. Um, you know, Dewan Harris almost had uh, double-digit assists, but like Jalen Wilson again is just a double-double machine right now. And the way that he has been playing, even when the you know even the spotlight's not on him, like it, it's still kind of on him. But but there's enough room for other people to kind of share that with him, and for us to focus on a lot of these other players. Yeah, and McCuller now has been the Kim Palm MVP two games in a row. So Seton Hall in Missouri, and he has been great. And 
I feel like it's been since, uh, you know, for those who are on Twitter and in some of the like Jayhawk communities, uh, there was one poor guy who during the Bahamas tournament uh, tweeted that Kevin McCauley was the worst player on the team. And if you thought he was a good addition, please seek help. That's not aging well because the defense was already yeah, always there and, and always, uh, and, and like it was already a ridiculous take just because of the defense alone. But then you look at like the Missouri game and he's, He's uh, six for six from the floor and he or from the two point range. I mean, and he's, um, you know, eight to 12 overall. And just like he's he's found a confidence in himself. That is what again, we, we talked earlier in the year. This is what they needed because you can't have Jalen Wilson, Piero Ball. And while Grady Dick uh, is I, I was honestly most impressed with Grady. The fact that as a freshman coming in there in that sort of environment, he wasn't rattled. Because, again, like I love the Dwan Harris quote about, you know, what, was that a tough environment? He's like, no, nah, man, we just played in the national championship in front of 70,000. Like, that's, right. they've been there. They've done that. But, like, Brady hasn't. And so the fact that he came in and knocked down so many shots early, I thought said a lot about him. But he's also a freshman who's going to have some – like, he's a bit of a streaky shooter. He's, <clears throat> he's a freshman. He's going to have some tough nights. You have to have Kevin McCuller there because, again, K.J. Adams is not going to be 15 a night for you. And you don't necessarily want that. Like this version of Kevin McCuller takes the Jayhawks to another level that you did not see from this offense up until probably two or three games ago. Yeah, I mean, this is a, you know, I, I said it before, Kevin McCuller reminds me a lot of what Jalen Wilson was last year. Um, where Jalen Wilson was the guy who gave you whatever you needed last year. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, a dominant defender. He wasn't a, you know, a huge assist guy. He wasn't a, a a player who's going to score night in and night out. He just said, okay, how can I best help the team in this particular game? I'm going to go out and do it. And you may not even notice it. And, and honestly, there's been plenty of times where you just don't notice what Kevin McCuller does, but like the game against Tennessee where he was injured and not playing well, you could tell the difference when he wasn't there. Um, or when he wasn't playing well, you could tell the difference when he was out. You could, I mean, you can tell the difference when he is not on the court because of everything that he does, even if it doesn't show up in the stat in the, in the box score, now, the fact that stuff is showing up in the box score for him so that we can actually properly appreciate what he does, I think, is is great for him. Um, it, it, it's, it, you know, it's one of those things. He is he is quickly becoming one of my favorite transfer players just because of the attitude that he brings and hearing him talk a few times, you know, and the way that he talks about, you know, the support for everybody and what it is he wants to do. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love the guy. I know that there was a lot of Texas Tech fans that were upset that he left because not, not just because he was going to Kansas, but because they were losing a guy like that. And, and I understand why now. So, um, all right. So we do have stuff coming up. Uh, obviously the big game here. Well, speaking of, of, you know, great decisions and great moves and, and all of that, um, you can have make the, the best move that you will make this holiday season as you're looking for gifts or looking to fill out your wardrobe. If you go to our sponsor here on the podcast, Homefield Apparel, Homefield Apparel, the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel anywhere. They got t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, joggers, a whole bunch more, um, you know, over 140 different schools, all with fantastic vintage logos on the best apparel you're going to find anywhere. Like I, I might be a little biased because they've been a, a longtime sponsor of the podcast here, but I absolutely love the shirts they have. I have way too many of them. And I'm always looking to get more because they have so many new things coming out, refreshing lines, bringing out new mascots, getting new licenses to new, to new things. There's always going to be something. If you go over to homefieldapparel.com, use promo code CHOCK12, you can get 15% off your entire first order. Obviously, 
you, you want to order right now if you have any hope of getting it by Christmas. But if not, you can at least, hey, do what I did. I think it was two years ago where I, you know, made the order, wrapped it all up, put it in the box and sent and had my wife open that up so she could see what she got and build that huge that huge uh, excitement of what it is that you're going to be getting. So again, homefieldapparel.com, promo code CHOP12, gets you 15% off that entire first order, and all orders over $100 have free shipping. All right, so so obviously week coming up, absolutely huge matchup for the Jayhawks here. Um, Kansas taking on the Indiana Hoosiers. I actually work with somebody who is an Indiana fan, and so he has been chatting me up nonstop about this particular game coming up. Um, here in Lawrence, it's going to be a great environment on Saturday. If you're not already going to the game, make sure you're watching the game. If you have an opportunity to go to the game, I highly recommend that you do because it's going to be, you know, again, it's two blue bloods in the sport. Indiana, even though they haven't been super successful recently, are still a very storied program, and it should be. I think they have a fan base that actually travels fairly well. So um, if they can find a ticket, you know, they, they'll probably be there. So, uh, but looking at this matchup, just kind of starting. I, I know that you're getting getting started on the preview, kind of taking a look at all of this. What has jumped out to you the most about looking at this this game coming up? Yeah, actually, the the, the preview is probably going to be out by the time most people are listening to this. It should be out early Thursday. So um, it's actually funny we're talking about this because um, you want to know offensively who. Indiana is probably most like that Kansas has played so far. Probably uh, Missouri. Nice. <laughs> I'm all for that. <laughs> so, so they both, they both are fast. They both play above average tempo, both top 40 in, in average possession length in the country. Both of them are basically live and die by two point range. So Indiana is shooting 58% from inside the arc, um, which is 15th best. Missouri is actually second best uh, inside the arc at 62%, obviously the last game notwithstanding. Uh, they Indiana does take uh, a lot less threes. That is kind of the difference, but they neither of them shoot it well from three overall very well, but they're very good at assists and just kind of their overall style of play. The other thing that is interesting, because actually Indiana looks a lot like Kansas in this sense, um, which I think Missouri fell into this as well, they are – they are long, but they're not tall. So they don't have – there's no seven-footers roaming the paint here. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis is obviously the stud. He's 6'9". They have another 6'9 forward. That's that's all it is. But they basically have uh, – they basically have no one in the top ten of the rotation that's shorter than 6'5". So they basically go 6'5 to 6'9 at every single position, which is interesting because similar to, to Missouri, there is no big guy like this is an interesting KJ Adams kind of matchup in the paint. Obviously, Trace Jackson Davis is is the the face of the program for them. Uh, this is a nice Ken Palm Player of the Year uh, matchup because Jalen Wilson is currently second, Trace Jackson Davis is tenth. They also both have like this is also I think a really fun matchup at point guard because Xavier Johnson is. Uh, kind of like Her- Dwan Harris in that he's obviously a veteran. He's a senior. He averages more than five assists a game. So he's, he's pass first, decent offensively, but that's not his, like he is not going to be uh, the focal point of the offense necessarily. And then they also just have like Indiana as a team that you have Trace Jackson Davis, and then you have a bunch of other guys who are all, all chip in, but there's not, 
you know, there's this isn't a like four four players and double figures type team. This is a hey, actually have five players between basically averaging seven point six and nine point nine points a game. So they have a lot of contributors who just kind of chip in. Now, obviously, Indiana's defense is much better than uh, Missouri's. That is where the similarities end on the defensive side because Indiana just plays a different style. They're much more effective at it. Um, But I think it's interesting that both – like this game seems like it's going to come down, and I'm not going to give all the secrets away from the preview. I still want people to go read it, so there's a lot more in here. But basically, if you want to watch this, it's going to – this game's going to come down to the paint because – like I mentioned, Indiana is very good from from two point range. Both of their losses, they were well below their average. So the only two times they have shot under fifty percent from inside the arc were the two games they lost, Rutgers and Arizona. Also, even though they are they are doing really uh, well at holding opponents under forty, uh, yeah, they're under forty four percent shooting from two point range the season. Their opponents are. Like Arizona gassed them and shot fifty five percent. So again, this is one of those things where <clears throat> I don't expect Indiana to to lay down like Missouri and have a game a defensive game plan that's going to let KJ Adams just get layup after layup. But like <clears throat> Kansas is going to have to to rebound, but and, and just kind of keep you know Jackson Davis at bay. But this is a game that's going to be inside the paint. If you can, if you can make it hard on on Indiana, and not give it easy buckets, and then you can still get your decent amount, you know, through um, either the driving kicks or trying. Maybe this is more of a uh, Uday game. I don't know, but yeah, th- this game is going to be won basically in the paint. It seems like. Yeah, th- this is definitely. I think it's fairly similar in what you're talking about, and that the personnel. Um, is not like the, the the scheme that fits the personnel is not that much different from Kansas, not that much different from Missouri. They do have better athletes than Missouri had, and I do think that they play a lot better. But kind of to your point, yeah, no question. Yeah, there. they have you know they have two losses against uh, an Arizona team that is still a really good team and a Rutgers team that you know it was it was the conference opener on the road at Rutgers, a team in Rutgers that is a you know a top thirty ish Ken Palm team. So it's not like they're a bad team. Like that was still that would have been a or that that was a a tier A game for them. So um, you know this is this is definitely one of those uh, situations where this is a much better battle tested Indiana team. Um, but Kansas is on the is 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 at home. They are you know I think a, the most talented team by far. That uh, well, with the exception of maybe Arizona that uh, that Indiana will have played, and it's like. Indiana beat North Carolina, yes, but we saw, you know, how far North Carolina had really fallen from being number one to, I think, losing three in a row. It was kind of, kind of crazy for them. Um, the one thing that I will say is that this just quick look, Indiana reminds me. Oh, I'm sorry, North North Carolina lost four in a row. Um, but the the and 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 this was the third game in that stretch. But the. Indiana reminds me, I think, a lot of the Iowa State team that we saw last year and that they've got a lot of different guys that can play really well. They have, at times, gelled really well as a team and played better than the sum of just the individual pieces. And they really only have one guy that you would think of as a go-to guy, um, you know, in, in, in Tyrese Hunter that they had last year. So it's like you have a bunch of guys that are all playing well together that are that are making the team better than you probably think that they should be on paper – 
Um, that's where Indiana sits to me right now, just with a quick look. So we'll, I'll be interested to kind of dive in a little bit more. I'm, we're still working on getting a guest for an actual preview podcast that will be coming out either Friday um, or Saturday. I'm hoping it'll be early Friday, so that way we'll have plenty of time for the for the women's team. But if I do a little mini episode for that one, I will. Um, but yeah, and, the, and go ahead. it seems like this is well, especially I think the Allen Fieldhouse factor is a big one here because you mentioned that that kind of centered around one guy. Trace Jackson Davis fouled out of both of their losses, and give it, I'm curious to see. You know, he's he's a player that likes to battle in the paint and get position, and 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 I don't know exactly what what self's going to do in terms of like the matchup on him, but I'm I'm curious to see what happens with Indiana if there's early whistles and he gets into foul trouble and what happens there because I mean, especially again, you've got you know like. Miller Kopp is their best three-point shooter, um, and he is he is someone you have to know where he is on the court at all times. We already talked about Xavier Johnson, but, like, yeah, I, it's I'm curious crazy. what kind of whistle he's going to get in order to – because that could honestly, you know, it honestly could sway things pretty large. And also they've been without one of their best freshmen for the last three games. Jalen hood Shafino has been out with a back injury. I don't know. I haven't seen yet if he's going to play – he was averaging almost 10 points a game before he went out, really talented 6'6 freshman. So they are also not at full strength. And if he does miss another game, that's another big uh, uh, big advantage for Kansas. Yeah, from what I can tell, it looks like he is probably doubtful for this game, but they have not ruled him out entirely um, at this point. At least this is as of Wednesday night when we're recording. So uh, we will have to see how that develops. Obviously, there's still three days left for him to, to make a – you know, a, a good improvement and actually be there. But but if he does come back, there's no guarantee he's going to be at 100%. But, you know, that, that's the risk that you run. We saw it with, like, Dewan Harris getting out of sorts against Tennessee and that how the Kansas offense completely fell apart when you have one guy that has such an outsized role on the way that your offense runs. Um, it is very, very easy, I think, for you to find yourself in a situation where things can fall apart pretty quickly. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see where Kansas tries to attack, how they try to actually bring all that together, and make that happen. So, all right, let's go ahead and cut it off here. There's still a ton of stuff happening. Um, you know, it's probably one of the busier Decembers we've had in a long time because of all the, the different sports that we're following, the huge coverage we're doing for women's basketball. Um, but, you know, we have we have uh, uh, National Signing Day, the, the early signing day coming this next week coming up. Um, you know, we have a ton of stuff happening as the football team is getting ready for the bowl game as well. Um, I am actually, it looks like, uh, I, I've actually been approved to to go out and cover the game in person. So I will be at the bowl game covering it as a member of the media. I am really looking forward to that. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot longer before I'd be able to actually do that because I wasn't sure I'd be able to swing it this year. And you never know. Um, but so this is this is a fantastic, exciting time to be a Jayhawk. Uh, make sure that you are following all of the work that we're doing over at Blue Wings Rising, all everything going on with the team. And and like you were saying earlier, there's tons of great people covering these teams. Make sure that you catch as much of it as you possibly can, whether it's, you know, the professional journalists over at The Athletic and, and the Kansas City Star and all of these other places, or, you know, even guys like Mike Vernon doing his his uh, Scoops newsletter where, you know, he, he hears things and talks about it and, and we all can go and kind of speculate on what it actually means. So there's plenty of room all over the place um, in the KU Twitter sphere and the KU online community to find something that's going to fit your niche. So um, if you haven't already, 
go ha- go ahead and find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you can get every episode as it comes out. And of course, you can catch all of Kyle's work. Um, the the preview that he's going to have be up will be over on Blue Wings Rising. His his Twitter handle if you want to follow his stuff specifically as at, at Kyle Davis twenty one. Um, I am at Andy Mitch twelve over on Twitter, and of course, you can find us the podcast on Twitter at Rock Chalk Pod. But um, you know, if, if you can subscribe, get every episode as soon as it comes out. If you give us a rating and a review as well. Five stars, nice comments would be fantastic. But please just give us an honest review. What it is you think we can be doing better, um, you know, so, so that way we can make this this show as great of a show for you guys, giving you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. If you ever have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want me to try to interview, anything like that, contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast.com. Or, of course, you can go ahead and catch me over on Twitter at rockchalkpod. Uh, we, we are part of the 1012 Podcast Network, a fantastic network that's over on the Sports Drink Network. Um, that covers all the te- all the teams in the Big 12 Conference, including the new ones coming in. Uh, there's a rumor going around, and uh, you know, or I should say, I'll I'll, I'll hint that we have some uh, some expansion potentially um, insights here for adding a few more of those pods that you can get familiar with a lot of the different schools that we have in the conference that we have. So, um, but that is going to do it for us today. Make sure you visit our sponsors, Home Field Apparel, uh, Price Picks, and of course, you know, if if you are looking for great statistics, again, it's not a paid advertisement or anything, but I absolutely love what they're doing over at CBB Analytics. So, uh, but that's going to do it for us today. Kyle, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.